On today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, we will dive into some news and updates surrounding the Houston Texans. How will they prepare for the Chargers? And will we see the last, or have we seen the last, of David Johnson? But first... You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys know we are your team every day, and thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And of course, I'm joined other by none other than Cody Davis. Excited for today's episode because the Houston Texans, not that they're actually playing for a lot. However, this Sunday's game, you know, it's going to be a different type of week for them considering the amount of players that are out and some other news and how they prepare for the Chargers, which is a really good team. They're rolling right now, lost against the Chiefs, but they have a powerhouse offense and you know, Houston will be without a lot of players before we get into that and how COVID is affecting the Texans. Jeff Driscoll is out with a seizing ending injury with a broken <laughs> collarbone. I know some of you guys may ask, how did this, you know, happen? How did he sustain this injury? But Jeff Driscoll, who was converted from quarterback to tight end, did play 10 snaps on special teams against mm, the Jacksonville mm, Jaguars mm. on Sunday. So, no, he did not fall off the bench. No, he did not, you know, hurt himself by the water cooler. He actually did play on Sunday, and that resulted in a broken collarbone, and he may be out for the rest of the year. If I was Jeff, I'm suing. I'm suing for stupidity. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> for making that change. Right? Exactly. Now you're switching me over. Uh, something that slipped through yesterday's show, but Houston placed defensive end Derek Rivers, Jacob Martin, and D-tackle Malik Collins on the COVID-19 reserve on Monday. On Tuesday, Jaleel Johnson was added to that list as well. They make up a combined of 6.5 of Houston's 29 sacks this year. Excuse me. In result of Houston losing those players, the Texans signed defensive end Rondale Carter and defensive tackle Xavier Williams on Wednesday. Nick Casario does have a connection with Williams. He spent some time uh, in New England last season, and Carter played with the 2020 in the 2020 season with the Dallas Cowboys and the Colts. Was recently on the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. So, you know, before we look at how they will prepare for this game on Sunday against the Chargers, who's a really great offense, being without Jacob Martin, who's been getting a lot of good snaps this year. You know, he has three and a half, four and a half sacks on the year. Excuse me, Malik Collins. We know how important he's he has been excuse me for that interior defensive line now you have your rotational guys like Jaleel Johnson now you have your guys like Derek Rivers who was brought over from the New England Patriots you know he had his first sack of the season on Sunday Houston is really losing guys and I want to know Cody let's talk to you about it how will this 3 and 11 Texan team go about getting prepared for a Charger team that will be without Joey Bosa they were almost without Austin Eckler. However, the new NFL COVID guidelines made him, uh, you know, he was able to kind of get past it since he is a vaccinated player. But things will change. 
They won't be able to practice normally. They have this outbreak where they spend more time looking at film, getting better at the fundamentals, some of the small things where they break up more into more groups, right? We know you have your offense, your defense, and then you have your position groups, but how will they delegate time? How will they delegate more time to this specific area when you cannot be on the field or maybe not want to be on the field as much as you normally would? I know they're not playing for much. I get that. And a lot of fans may want them to continue to lose. Maybe losing will help them solidify the second overall pick. But, you know, at this current moment in time, they are facing a team that's really good, and they will be without some of their key starters uh, on defense. Well, first off, John and listeners, it's the same quote that we continuously hear every single day in sports it doesn't matter if it's due to injuries or due to COVID or due to a suspension next man up mentality and even though i hate knowing that it's coming because of COVID, is i mean we're still in the midst of a pandemic a pandemic that looked like it's going to continue to get worse before it get better but what i will say the best part about the houston texans being 3 and 11 and they really don't have nothing to play for this will actually give them an opportunity to whole auditions for players to see whether or not they're worth keeping around for this upcoming season. Because there's one thing I keep saying about Nick Casario with, with the roster that he built this year, we gave him a pass, but starting next year in 2022, all of that, we're going to give him a pass stuff is going to be over with. And that is why I say it is very important for them to go deeper in their depth and see what guys do we have left to see whether or not they're going to be a part of this organization moving forward. And by the way, this is part of the reason why that we had an opportunity to see what we have in Garrett, because look, he he played majority of special teams as a rookie for the majority of this season. And last, last week he had his opportunity and he showcased what he was able to do. Now, after one game, we're sitting here looking at looking to see whether or not he is the best cover linebacker for the Houston Mm. Texans. So, you know, it, it, it sucks. What I would say, especially when you start playing with the idea of whether or not how the Houston Texans are going to prepare for the Los Angeles Chargers, I do think this might be a game where the Texans defense might look its worse because regardless of everything that has went on throughout this entire season, I think we can all agree that the best part of the Texans in 2021 was that defensive front. And in addition of Jacob Martin, Malik Collins, and Jaleel Johnson, they're still going to be without John Gennard as well. So you're looking right. at four very good, especially Martin, and, Collins, and, and Gennard. Right, they, that, that would have count for half of Houston sacks right there. Exactly. You know, has, uh, what, nine and a half so far? Nine <laughs> years, so exactly. It's a, so, a big hit. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be a game where we might look at the defense and say, man, what the hell is going on? But we got the answer. It's COVID. Yeah, and I also look at this team where you mentioned how this is an audition time for some players, like maybe like a Rondaire Carter, who I don't know how much playing time he'd get on Sunday, or Xavier Williams. You know, those two guys were signed. I do think that with these last three games, it does affect what the Houston's may or may not do in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, for the entire season. And I mean, as soon as the clock hit zero, right? And also, by the way, we mentioned earlier, after this week, teams will be able to start interviewing for head coaching vacancies. So 
But with players, it absolutely has implications implications for next year, right? Uh, do you want to bring in more guys to be more situational and sub out guys? Or do you know that you need to fill a position because it's just not working? And on top of that, when I looked at how they should prepare, whether whether they should look at more uh, film time, whether they may look at more uh, strength and conditioning time, you know, overall, I think this is the perfect opportunity to showcase whether they can or not what this coaching staff can do with these odds against them. Now, we're not mentioning that. We're talking about the players a lot, which is, you know, of course, that's the number one priority because they actually have to go out and play, and they're the ones being put on the COVID list. But the coaching staff, you are, excuse me, your back is against the wall. You are the guys that have to go out there and coach and put your players in the best position, and not your GM from the, from the press box with his headset. It's got to be you. And so I think that's going to be interesting as well. These last three games, with how COVID is hitting the NFL, but specifically to the Houston Texans, that means a lot. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an inclusive pregame celebration with some NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash Super Bowl 56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search on location Super Bowl. Welcome back into this side of the show, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page, like and comment, and we are free and available on all major platforms. Uh, Mark Ingram, <laughs> I, I don't even know the last time Mark Ingram played football. Right? I know he, he's out. Well, well, he played. He played um, Sunday. He played Sunday. Did he play Sunday? So he, let, let me double check. Let me out. double check. Yeah, he was he out. Was, he was out for a couple of games, but Mark Ingram hasn't hasn't been a Texan uh, for what a month and a half, two months now, mm-hmm. and he is still the leading rusher on this team at two ninety seven. Now, for the longest, David Johnson was number two. However, Rex Burkhead has now caught him. Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead mm-hmm. is now the second leading rusher on this Houston Texan team. I think we're like 208 or 207. David Johnson has been god-awful. David Johnson, this has been the worst season of a running back, I think, in Houston Texan history. And I'm, I'm okay with saying it. I'm fine with saying that. David Johnson is a player who, at, at times throughout the season, they gave him starter carries. At times throughout the season, you know, they put him in situations where we were all understanding and clearly looking on tape, on the field, on Sundays – he shouldn't be on the field at all. He's wasting a roster spot, right? That's how bad David Johnson has been. But, Cody, what happened on Sunday that may change the direction of this running back group, including or now excluding maybe David Johnson? Johnson was benched in the second half. <laughs> on Sunday, he made his return from the COVID-19 list, and he only played the first half. He only had 24 yards on six carries. Now, David Cully was asked during his media availability on Monday about what went into the what went into the decision 
to bench David Johnson. And he claimed that it was the flow of the game and that Rex Burkhead was doing a pretty solid job helping the Houston Texans move the offense, and that went into the decision of benching David Johnson. However, John and listeners, you know me. Head coaches, players, they like to give us a runaround. And when I take a look at the lack of production that David Johnson has been given this organization, I think it's fair to say that we might have have we might have seen the last of David Johnson. And look, I get it. With three games left, we're going to see him for the rest of the season, but he isn't coming back. And John, you mentioned that he is a wasted roster spot, and I'm actually going to take it a step further and say I think his position might be a little bit more useless than Deshaun Watson, a guy who has not wow. taken a, a snap. And, I, and wow. all the reason why I say that, that's been on two occasions. We asked Davis Mills, who's been helping you in the quarterback room? Hmm. Even though Deshaun Watson hasn't been suiting up, hasn't been to practice, he's in those meetings. And on two, maybe three occasions throughout this season, Davis Mills mentioned that he has been getting some tips from Deshaun Watson. And we are seeing the improvements over the last two games. We don't know. We don't know what <laughs> David Johnson is doing. I, 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 I wouldn't even. I wouldn't if if I heard a running back, maybe like Jaden <laughs> Samuels, who's called up from the practice squad, or a Scotty Phillips, who we had been wanting to see all year, and you know mm-hmm. that situation turned out how it to be. I, and I wouldn't want to hear him say, "I've been getting tips from David Johnson." I wouldn't. Right. Not at and- all. And the thing about David Johnson, I do want to add, Cody. Mm-hmm. We were expecting a dynamic out of him, right? And when he was brought in during the trade, an awful trade, sent him to <laughs> sent DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for a second and David Johnson. A terrible trade. We get that. But at least we were thinking, okay, maybe he'd be able to give us the dynamic of being able to run a pass catch out of the mm-hmm. backfield, something that Houston wanted to get out of Duke Johnson. But, you know, they were going to pay David Johnson a lot more so we were thinking he'd bring it more consistently and more effectively. Well, this year, David Johnson has not caught over 50 yards. Six catches for 46 was his highest. That was against that was against the New England Patriots. When I look at everybody else, 18 yards, 22 yards, zero yards, 14 yards, negative one, 16, 16, three. He's not been able to catch the ball effectively out of the backfield. He's been horrendous in pass blocking, and not to mention. He can't run the ball to save, for, save his life. Missing holes, dancing around too much, not hitting those cuts as quick as he should. Maybe he can't do it anymore. It should absolutely be the last time hmm. we see from David Johnson. Without a question. Without a question. That's how bad I think. And this is a terrible running back room. It is. Without a question, David Johnson should not be brought back. And I don't think he should play for the rest of the year. I think you go ahead and ride out with Rex Burkhead, give him an opportunity to be the uh, leading rusher for this team. He would have 90 yards to go in three games to be the leading rusher. Give him an opportunity, man. I don't want to see him. Give Jalen Samuels an opportunity. I just don't want to see the lack of effort. And the it looks like the I don't care attitude from David Johnson. I don't even think it's a I don't care attitude. The guy just doesn't have it anymore. Because, John, we are entering, what is this, week 16 now? And this man 15. has not, this man has not, Rush for 40 yards this season. His highest rush for the entire his season high in terms of rushing yards is 39 on 10 carries, and that took place in a loss against the New York 
Jets. John, I hate to bring this up. Oh, and by the way, when you talked about the dynamic, yes, the trade was terrible, but the only bright spot that we thought we was getting in the David Johnson trade, we thought we was going to get a combined version of Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Because remember, what was that, 2019, when we had both of those guys in the backfield? Carlos Hyde was the leading rusher for that team. He rushed for over 1,000 yards for, I believe, the first time in his career. Then you had Duke Johnson, who who gave Deshaun Watson a very reliable pass catcher coming out of the backfield. We thought we was going to get a combination of both into one player. And, And this is why it's very important to talk about whether or not we saw the end of David Johnson. He is a free agent. And I was told that the reason why Nick Casario reworked his deal was to give him a fair opportunity to try to prove his worth to continue to be a part of this organization beyond the 2021 season. And I think it's safe to say this guy has failed the test. I don't want to say it's a lack of effort. I've also been told that he's been dealing with a lot of mental issues in terms of the, the, the blowback he has been getting due to this trade. But, God, this is this is beyond terrible. Once again, his season high in rushing is 39 on 10 carries. But I do want to bring this up. The offensive line hasn't been good, right? And it hasn't been this bad, though. Because remember, what, what he gave us better production last year, and that offensive line was worse. It absolutely was, which is why I look at this situation with him and the combined running back group, and I, and I think to myself, okay, well, a couple of years ago, mentioned you had Carlos Hyde, had Duke Johnson, and Danny Barrett had that running back room very effective for this Houston Texan offense. Then they get older, and then they don't properly use Duke Johnson. Like the very next year, they move on from Carlos Hyde. That was a mistake. Not mm-hmm. resigning Carlos Hyde was a big mistake that we don't talk about enough. You don't, you don't bring back Carlos Hyde, who was going to be very inexpensive. You trade for David Johnson and, of course, use that 40-year pick to go ahead and draft Rock, Ross Blacklock instead of Jonathan Taylor, and he's an MVP candidate. I think he should be the MVP for the year. But I look at it and I say, well, the very next year, you get older. You don't properly use Duke Johnson. The offensive line is bad. And I look at Danny Barrett. We've had this conversation a lot. And we talk about who's on the hot seat. The main question or the main culprit of that would be David Cully. I think Danny Barrett's seat is getting warmer. Only because you mentioned it. You did much better last year than you did this year. Under maybe worse circumstances. You know, you still had Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson opens up a lot of things for any offensive player. But I think his seat is getting a little warmer. The only reason why I would not say it's hot is because you can't coach whiffing blocks. You can't coach how many times are you a pro in this league and you're not hitting the hole in year seven? Yeah, that's not a coaching issue. That's a player issue. And to hear mental issues that he may be dealing with, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, everybody handles things differently. So, you know, we hope that he gets better. But as far as playing football for the Houston Texans, I do not think he should play for the remainder of the year. I think that's fair. They're giving you 14, 13 games, and you didn't capitalize on your opportunity. My goodness. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in 100% chocolate, 
but amazingly low in calorie, sugars, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. You get delicious. You get healthy, right? You got so many different flavors. You will have a hard time to choose. I know I do. A hard time choosing. You have the raspberry, the mint brownie. Not those are my specific favorites. However, when I see that cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie, I get a little bit happy inside. Bit Bar also gives you that extra fuel you're going to need to bust down those mall doors and battle these holiday shoppers. Things can get crazy. Your stomach can get empty. Bring a Bit Bar to go along with you. You can pack that in your purse or your jacket, your back pocket. Tell your little kid to hold it when they go, when they're walking with you, and make sure you hold their hands because life is crazy, right? Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill Bar. Thanks for making Locked On Texas podcast your first listen every day. Be sure to check out our, check out our crossover show this week with the Locked On Chargers. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Cody, you know you mentioned something that was very interesting, and that Sean Watson has been more helpful to this team and specifically the offense than David Johnson. However, at some point in the future, Deshaun Watson is going to have to start being more helpful to himself, hmm. considering how well Tua has this offense going in Miami. I'm not going to say that he's necessarily playing above standards. I think he's still at an average for a quarterback, but they're on a six-game winning streak. They're in a hunt for the playoffs after starting uh, one and seven on the year. Maybe they roll with him next year or you reassess and look at Miami's offense and say, well, if we add Deshaun, then this offense goes to another level. However, if it doesn't, what are the next options for Watson if, if Miami isn't picking up their phone call anymore? Hmm. Well, it got to be the Carolina Panthers. And the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up a couple weeks ago, we played with the idea of what Deshaun Watson is going to do if Miami starts to move forward with Tua. And every single time they win a game, they were like you mentioned, John, six-game winning streak, they're seven and seven, and they have a realistic chance to make the playoffs. And Miami, from what I've been told, they're looking at this from a standpoint of for the second year in a row, early on in the season, we have been hit with injuries, and it was hard for us to really get the ball going. We ain't get the ball going until the second half of the season, and we're going on a run. They are starting to get a sense. Should we hold on to Tua and see what he and this whole entire team can do when healthy for a full entire season? Because, John, listeners, viewers, it's not a coincidence that for the second year in a row, this is a team, once they get healthy, they're going on a run and making a late push to the playoffs. Now, with that being said, of course, if Miami decides to keep Tua, that means Deshaun Watson is going to have to open up his destination list. And if it wasn't for him being so hell-bent on only wanting to go to Miami, he would already be off out the door for 16 and Kirby as of right now. But that's not the reality of the situation. Deshaun is going to have to open up his trade and trade his his trade destination and He's and it seems like the Carolina Panthers are going to be serious contenders for Deshaun. And another reason why I wanted to bring this up, John, how about a couple of weeks ago when um the Panthers signed Cam Newton 
And I had this theory that if Cam lead them to the playoffs, they might, they might, you know, extend him for another year or so and <laughs> see what they can get in the future and not worry about Deshaun. That ain't happening. That, ain't I, happening. I, that that's one of the things where I got to put my Billie Jean music on and moonwalk. <laughs> I'm had to do some serious moonwalk, moonwalking because as you see, Cam Newton is struggling. His best days are behind him. And the Carolina Panthers, they are ready to move on. You know, Sam Darnold, he proved he proved that he isn't the quarterback for the future. Well, it's sad because here we are in the final three games of the season, and the best quarterback play that Carolina has gotten has been PJ Walker. So the best case scenario for Deshaun is to open up his trade destination. And the Carolina Panthers, they definitely are still interested in Deshaun. Yeah, and I do want to say that Tua has thrown seven touchdowns compared to three interceptions during this six-game winning streak. Not necessarily eye-popping numbers, but it does give him a sense of, uh, at least I do when I see a comfortability now. He doesn't have to overthink things. He's hitting these receivers quick, and Waddle went out on, I think he's on the COVID list, so that takes away his top receiver. I don't know if Jalen Waddle was having the type of season he was having. Hmm. Uh, that young man, we talk about receivers from Bama, and of course, the situation with Henry Ruggs happened early this year. But Devontae Smith doesn't look as good as Waddle. Um, Waddle's really playing great football for the Miami Dolphins. I just want to throw that out there. But we look at the Panthers, you know, they are about to be in the midst of a slight rebuild. I don't know how long Matt Rule is going to be there, Joe Brady, and, and that offense, and fans wanted. Joe Brady here in Houston. Uh, I just don't know how much that nucleus is going to stay together after underperforming for two years. And I think it's unfair. I think you give players three years, and I think you give coaches three years, right? That's just my belief. Three is a year for me where you can determine whether or not you're going to ascend or decline. And But in year two, they have been very disappointing. And they brought all of these weapons. Robbie Anderson, you drafted for uh, Hubbard. CMC has been out due to injury. He's been placed on IR several times this year. Uh, y'all, well, who was that other, other receiver over there? Number ten was a DJ. DJ mm-hmm. Smith. They got they got weapons out there. They just had terrible uh, quarterback play. And so there's a couple of teams, man. I, I look at Deshaun Watson as a player who honestly may have wanted to go to Miami because of the market he could have. Uh, when I look at the market, if I say that in the same breath, I look at New York. Man, they are done with Daniel Jones. Hmm. Uh, they don't believe in him. They're done with Joe Judge. I think they're going to be done with him. I think they're going to be done with Daniel Jones. I think they're going to be done with Dave Gettleman. And that next GM that comes in, guess what he's going to want to do? He's going to want to go and get his own quarterback. Now, I don't think you do that by way of draft this year. However, Deshaun Watson. So you have the Carolina Panthers in the mix. I want to throw in the New York Giants. I think they give up something, and they have good players to throw back in that trade. If that decides to happen and go down, just keep our eyes open, man, because Miami may look towards the future and say, well, we got a guy. And he will be going into his third year next year. Hmm. No one will pay for a player that, you know, you, you don't know how much he's going to be uh, focused on the field, compared to off the field, or legal issues, right? I'm John Hickman. Thank you for checking out today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Again, YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all those good things on YouTube. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to my boy Cody Davis. 
And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.